the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to the end of the U.S. Federal Reserve note. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Monday, April 3rd in the year 2023. This is one of the most historic days in our lifetime, though you wouldn't know it, and it doesn't have anything to do with President Trump. This all has to do with the death of the U.S. Federal Reserve note, which people are mistakenly and incorrectly referring to as the U.S. dollar. That is how as we commonly know it, but we are dealing with the death of what we know of as the typical the fiat dollar currency as it is transferred into a digital debt currency of a draconian and nightmarish form. We're going to get into all of that in just a moment. Patriots, one of the things to keep in mind in this time is we are in an unstable time. Even Tucker Carlson today had discussions with others about the concern of a World War III, which still is on the table, like it or not. Q followers will tell you it won't ever happen. We never know. There's enough crazies in the world. But the fact of the matter is that we need to be very prepared. One of the best places to do that is is to protect your electronics. Loss of electronics in terms of an EMP, even a thunderstrike, thunderstorm, or even a solar flare can cause immeasurable damage to the things that may not be easily replaced. That's why we have EMP Shield. EMP Shield is one of the most advanced systems out there that allows you protection from EMPs from your vehicle to your ATVs to your home to your boats, RVs, and generators, even your radio electronics like your ham radio. So head on over to empshield.com, empshield.com. Use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S. And with that, you'll receive $50 off per unit and free shipping. It's a fantastic system. I have them on our vehicles. We're putting one on our house, and we're installing them on the other property. I even have one on my ATV. They are worth the investment. It's a bit of insurance that you cannot find any other way. And in the event of a crisis, it keeps you running, which is going to be critical. I swear I'm ready to do a, uh, a video of me driving my Jeep when every the big flash in the sky and driving by and waving at everybody while they're all parked on the side of the road because their electronics on their cars are fried. Anyway, Patriots, check it out. EMPshield.com. EMPshield.com. Use your promo code BARS. The link is below the podcast. And you will definitely not be disappointed. This is a good investment. All right, Patriots. So let's look at some of what's going on in the news today. First off, obviously, we've got the issue with President Trump. And that is the whole day of focusing on him leaving Mar-a-Lago, the lines of people cheering him on, the airplane flying into uh, New York. They tracked it all the way to landing. Let me just start with this piece from Kramer. If you, You'll know him when you hear his voice. He's a solid voice and has a good perspective. Take a listen. It's a little bit hard to take this indictment of Trump seriously when Joe was saying this back in 2022. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power. 
um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run. That's Biden back in 2022, right after the midterms, telling the American people, in fact, all the people of the planet, but more specifically, those buddies of his in the G8, that Trump ain't going to be a problem in 2024. We're going to use the might of the American government, our judicial system, against an opponent, a political opponent, just like they do in third world countries. Again, that was Joe saying that, not me. And in case you don't believe me, in case you think this is doctored video or that it's been edited, here's the entire clip from beginning to end. So how do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning that the former president will not return, that his political movement, which is still very strong, uh, will not oh, yeah. once again take power in the United <laughs> States. Well, um, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by, uh, if, we, uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. The important part about this clip here is the fact that we are dealing with an illegal occupation of the United States by a corporate entity that is has seized control of the government, and it's not constitutional. Now, President Trump in, his, in this court action is a big distraction. I think this piece pretty much sums it up best. Are y'all really following this plane wherever it's going? We already know where it's going to land at. Why are we following this plane? Can I tell? Hello? Good afternoon. Can we, um, can we follow this? Did you know that over eight different countries are changing using, their, using our currency and using yen? Did you know that? Did you know that Japan isn't going to buy oil from us anymore, but they're going to go ahead and buy it from Russia? Did you? No, you wouldn't know that because they're following a plane. They're having press conferences to let people know that they're not going to take anybody rioting, but they never did that before with the other group. But now it's important to them. Do you see? Do you see how this happens? Do you see the deflections? How it happens? So, just so you know. Other countries are creating a pact while our country is doing this. Bozo Circus. Anyways. <laughs> it is Bozo Circus. Hello. Hello. Anybody listening? Exactly. The whole Trump event. Look, this is the way I see it. Ask yourself what effect it has on your local community, on your daily life, and buying groceries, stocking up on food, getting prepared for a difficult time. The answer is zero. The other thing is about this whole bit is that Trump's got a billion dollars. He raised $4 million day one. Do you not think his attorneys are going to be able to handle this? And if they can't handle it, we have another problem in our hands. If he's literally going to get arrested, put in jail for all this stuff, patriots, keep your ammo dry. That's my answer to that. So that's the distraction. Because as they're getting everybody to focus on Trump, and I don't know who's all involved in this distraction. I don't know if Trump's involved with it as well or if it's just the left drawing it. But the thing I'm noting is even President Trump isn't commenting on what happened today. Mr. Financial himself is not making any comment about the fact that the Fed under Jerome Powell rolled out Fed 1 or Fed now and the new Fed dollar. And that's the real thing. That's the deal to understand what's really going on because this CBDC that they're talking about doing is a big deal, and it is changing everything that we know about how the dollar and the money is going to work. 
one of my favorite financial analysts, Coach JV. Take a listen and hear what he has to say in laying this scenario out. This is big. Americans, is this the end of the U.S. dollar as we know it? Our whole monetary system is going through a radical, radical change. As everybody is hyper-focused on Trump's indictment, there is something happening with our financial system that we will never experience again in our living history. So number one is America is at over 130% GDP to debt. Now what does that mean? If we sold all the gross domestic products in America, America cannot even pay off its debt. Since 2008, our debt-to-income ratio has skyrocketed. Number two, 33% of America's debt is held outside of the United States, and two of the top countries are China and Japan that hold U.S. debt. Number three is in America, we are a debt-based society. We are the liquidity. Your hard-earned money in America, so every time a construction worker goes to work, gets his paycheck, here's how the system works. That construction worker takes their money and puts their $2,000 every two weeks into the banking system. That $2,000 now, as of 2020, can be lent out 100%. Before 2020, we had fractional reserves. They still only had to keep 10%. But since 2020, when that construction worker puts their 2,000 hard-earned money into the bank, 100% of their money can be lent to the next person. So when you're standing in line at the bank to deposit your check, 100% of the people in that line is debt. There's no actual money in the system. Now you're probably like, why? Well, 1971, we detached from the gold standard. The American dollar has nothing backing it. Here's where the rub comes in. We had dominance. We had power because all oil was traded in U.S. dollars since 1974 with the Petro deal, where we promised arms and protection to the Saudis for trading all oil in U.S. dollars. Well, as you sit right now, as you're worried about shit that doesn't matter, all countries are working to de-dollarize, specifically China and Russia. China went into India and created a peace deal that we couldn't do. China and Russia are working together to create their own currency. And most countries are done with the dollar dominance. Here's why. Is when we raise interest rates, it destroys all other economies because we are the dominant currency. So let's put ourselves in other people's shoes as Americans. So people are looking at America now. We're at 130% debt to income ratio. We're bankrupt. We dominate everybody's currency. So when we raise our interest rates, the American dollar becomes very valuable but destroys other countries. So you're sitting in another country watching our president and our vice president and our feds run our monetary system. And you're like, wait a minute. So you have the worst ran monetary system. All your liquidity is other people's debt. And every time you raise interest rates, you're going to destroy my currency and my people's hard-earned money. Everybody's done with it. The U.S. dollar dominance is done. I'm proud to be an American. I built companies in America. I'm just telling you what's happening. I didn't create these policies. I didn't put us in debt. I didn't create a debt-based system where your money is the liquidity for their policies. Okay, so let's go back to macroeconomics. So if they need to get more money, they have to raise or eliminate the debt ceiling. We have to borrow to pay for critical services like postal worker pensions. So there's only four ways you can fix this. Number one, in a debt-based society, 
or in a debt crisis, please go read Ray Dalio's books. Number one is you can move the money from the people who have the debt to the people who need it. They're not going to do that. Number two is you can turn the printing machine on full blast. They might do that, devalues the dollar even more. Number three, you can stop spending. They can't. We're broke. Or they could and not pay for critical services. Or number four, you can restructure debt. So what is happening right now? Bank bail-ins are happening right now where they are taking banks' debt, turning it into equity, and selling it to larger banks. Think about that. And do think about that. They're taking the debt and they're reprocessing debt. And the thing is that we are the liquidity. So what that means is, is just as you've heard in many different forms, it goes back to the birth certificate. It goes back that we were leveraged. We represented certain amount of debt. They have now exceeded our value in this country as individuals, as people. So we have no more value. The, the GDP is one is 130% to debt, which means that no matter what, or debt, debt to GDP is 130%. That means that no matter what they sell, and they can't sell us other than your kids and sacrificing them, which is part of the industry here. This is what you're starting to see the truth of. Where do they gain the leverage? Where do they gain the liquidity? They traffic kids, they traffic drugs, all this other stuff. But we as people, our money goes into the bank. We're loaning the bank the money based on our agreement with the bank, which says that we get 0 to 1% interest back while they take that money and they create money out of nothing. Babylonian money money system. For every dollar you put in, they can loan it out 10 times and not keep any reserve. So all of this comes into frame. And now what they have done is they've over exceeded or they've overexpended, overexpensed the value of what we stand for as a nation and as a people. So now what is happening is they're going to have to shift this to somewhere else to repackage and sell off debt. But in the process, you're going to get something draconian. And that is what they're doing here is they're bringing into, into focus what they call the CBDC. Now, just what is the CBDC? Let's talk about the CBDC is a digital currency. It's controlled and created by the Federal Reserve. It is not a typical digital currency. It's not a crypto like you normally think about, though all cryptos I can't stand for so many reasons because there's no solid asset behind them, except for maybe one or two. But the CBDC is designed to be a programmable digital currency. And what that means is, is they will issue you an amount of money, and there's all sorts of strings attached to this. Number one, you'll get that money contingent on your performance in the social credit score. If you say the wrong things online, hence the Restrict Act that they're trying to pass, which completely destroys every First Amendment right you've ever had. If you buy too much ammo, if you eat too much meat, any of these things that they can track and monitor, they will then curtail your ability to function. And in doing so, they will penalize you and reduce the amount of money that they give you each month. Here's the other catch. Every bit of this money they put in your bank account will have a time clock on it, meaning you have to spend it by the end of the month in 30 days. And if you don't spend it, you lose it. And then you may not get the same amount next time because they're going to determine from that that you don't need as much money as before. This is the ultimate enslavement system. You can't save money, you can't pass on money, and you can't pass on wealth to your siblings. Nothing. Remember, you will own nothing, you will rent everything, and you will be happy. That's the goal. All of this has been planned out. 
If you go into this system, you lose your rights forever. End of story, end of game. There's no way out of it. I wouldn't say that. It probably is. But that's that's a long process to get out. So take a listen to the effects of the CBDC. Okay, I figured I would um, jump on here and explain this um, too much to text. Okay, so here's the deal. When the bank switches, what's going to happen is you're going to either join the system and become part of the digital currency, which means the government will control when and how you use your money. They will have a switch. They can turn it on or off based on your carbon footprint, based on whether you said something they didn't like or posted something they didn't like or visited a website they didn't like. So if you choose to not do that, you're going to have to step outside of the system, and that means you won't have any money, right? So the only thing that you'll have is... The stuff that you have accumulated, right? And the reason I said no electricity is because if you don't have digital currency to pay your electric bill, how do you keep your electricity on? If you don't have uh, digital currency to pay your water bill, how do you get any water? You don't. So you would lose your electric, you would lose your water, and you would lose your ability to go into a store and purchase things. So you either become part of the system or you figure out how to survive outside of the system. Those last words are critical, learning how to survive outside of the system. And we're going to talk about that before we close tonight, and we'll be talking about that through the week. Okay, you should know me by now. I'm not going to leave you with this hanging like, oh, we're doomed because I can't stand those scenarios. Drive me nuts. And there's a lot of this doom and gloom going on because, one, people just don't have enough faith in the Holy Spirit. And secondly, they just like to feed doom porn. But this is a critical time to understand that we are literally at an exodus. You've heard me say for, what, four years now? We're we're heading into Exodus 2.0. Well, welcome, patriots. We're there. We are now at this juncture of deciding whom you shall serve. And this is very critical in how we are going to move forward here. Okay. Now, with this, it's important to understand what's the backbone of this. And the backbone of this, the WEF told us about some time ago, it's called blockchain. So why is blockchain such a big deal? The digital currency is part of the control. But how do they make sure and monitor what you're doing? And this is what blockchain does. It creates a permanent record of every transaction you will ever do that they can monitor and adjust. Take a listen to the WEF's perspective on blockchain. This is literally where millions and millions of dollars are flowing right now to build blockchain technology for this new digital future. We're supposed to be force-fed right now. Where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having a almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. It also raises huge dangers in terms of the balance of power between states and citizens. In my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights if we're going to have digital money. Uh, But also, this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private, but what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink, I think, of moving in the same direction. The Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance 
to have a better life because that's the only measure of whether our world order really serves. So let's get clear what they're actually saying. What they're saying is that the Western world powers, they themselves are going to destroy their own people because we have developed too much of an independence from their measure of rule. And in so doing, we have become a greater threat than we have become worthy of their time to manage us, hurt us, drag us, tack us, drag us, tack us, tag us, and destroy us. So they're just going to wipe us out. That's what you're hearing in those words. Now, there's a bunch of digital folks out here that love these ideas of blockchain because it supposedly creates this secure transaction, and they love the idea of crypto. You will not hear me flag the, the flames of any of that as a great thing. I hate the digital future we're being forced into. And it's because everything about it is about controlling data. There's not one instance in this digital period that we're in that data has proven to be beneficial to us. And on top of it, all of this has at its backbone the AI systems that will monitor and track every one of us. There is no positive in this fourth industrial generation revolution that we're in, in spite of all the nirvana fools that are out there that think that somehow people are going to overcome their own obsession for power. Power corrupts absolutely. And there is no Frodo out here that's going to carry the ring of power that somehow is not going to get corrupted, including President Trump. End of story. We are dealing with a nightmarish situation for the globe unless people start standing up and working together to overcome this. And I believe that's where the hope lies. But it's going to take some very challenging movements going forward. Now, I'm going to play a scenario here, and this is truly I want you to understand here, this is unconfirmed, but I want you to think about this as we get into some more details of the magnitude of what they are trying to pull off here and a way in which they may do it. Again, this is not intended to cause anxiety. I just want you to understand this is a decent scenario that lays down a potential rollout of how they're going to try to force people into the compliance. Again, I do not buy into the no-win no scenario, which is what many of these guys are trying to play. Here we go. Let me explain to you exactly what I meant. I'm sure everyone saw the president of Kenya who made a warning to everyone, an announcement, and said that if you hold dollars, you probably want to get rid of them as fast as possible, because in a few weeks, everything's going to change. So let me explain. Here's what happens when the Saudis and OPEC dump the dollar as the international reserve currency for petroleum. Day one, the markets will immediately start to tank. Inflation within a week, maybe two, will start to rise by 50 to 70%. Everyday items that you could walk in the grocery store and grab will now be so expensive, you're barely walking out with two or three things. The dollar at that point will be worthless because it was at one time on the gold standard and it was taken off. The only thing the dollar had before was that it now was backed by oil, and that's now gone. So the U.S. dollar at that point will have absolutely no value. Next, Congress will try to implement some type of pricing control. They'll immediately pass through some sort of bill, which will do everything in its power to keep pricing low. This will cover everything from groceries, goods, services, utilities, but at that point, the damage will already be done. Here's where their problem begins. 
Within a few weeks, about 70% of the population of the U.S. will find themselves unemployed. With the dollar now worthless, people won't be going anywhere or doing anything to spend any money, A, because they won't have it, and B, the value of the dollar is done. And this is where the real problem begins. With a large section of the population now unemployed, crime will start. Crime on a scale that no one has ever seen. With people now desperate to do whatever it takes to put food on the table to take care of themselves and their families. Lawlessness will be found in every corner of the country. Law enforcement and even the National Guard will only have a minimal impact due to the millions and millions of people that will be taken to the streets. Now comes the plan that you knew about all along, but the plan that you can't stop. This is when the government introduces the CBDC, the Central Bank Digital Currency. Everyone is going to be told they're going to have money digitally deposited into their account, which will be available immediately. And the state, the nation will be in at that point. Everyone will be glad to accept the new currency. You see, the plan isn't to fight you. The plan isn't to try to take you over. The plan is to make you desperate and then offer a solution that you'll gladly accept. And in order to do this, they just need to control your money. But the first step is to take your money away. And the way to do that is to make the dollar worthless. Once the new central bank digital currency is accepted, all of the new programs and systems that have been put in place will now be used. Surveillance, censorship, monitoring, everything that's needed to keep the entire population in line. And making the dollar worthless is how they pull the rug out from under you. That is the general plan, and I agree with that direction and what this scenario presented. The thing is that it all comes down to a couple of critical issues. One is people's willingness to try to take from one another instead of working together. Number two is people's willingness to be consumed with fear. And we know there's a lot of this. So there's going to be a way ahead here that's not going to be easy. All along, we've been hearing trust the plan. If, you would have, if they would have known you would have liked the plan, they would have told you. They know that you don't want, won't like the plan because they know that you don't want to be part of a world that is completely digitally controlled and monitored. That's a loss of every bit of right that God gave us. End of story. There is nothing positive about a digital world. Any transaction you make on blockchain is immediately registered. They then have an ability to collate that and tie that to their digital currency to decide what you can spend, what you can't spend, how much money you'll be allocated, how much money you won't. JP Morgan over the weekend at the Formula One uh, race was test marketing its new facial scan and hand print scan for its bank members. And Happily, J.P. Morgan has also seen an enormous level of bank withdrawals. We're starting to see the run on banks right now. We saw that today, and even Blackstone, who is a big investment firm, has had over 4.5 billion requests for redemption, which means investments. And get this, I love this answer. They were only allowing $666 million were granted. These people can't help themselves. They are constantly playing with the numbers and the worship of their damn God, their two-bit father of lies. But the fact of the matter is that we are in a complete change in everything that we understand. 
about how money works in the federal system. Ultimately, this is going to come down to a county-by-county fight, and it's going to take some hard boots-on-the-ground fight to do it. And we're going to have to be prepared for a different way of looking at value. This is really, in my opinion, God's greatest gift, because everything we've done in this world is we have looked at value in terms of money. Everything you hear people say is, you'll have no money, but it doesn't talk about value. We value everything through the lens of a dollar. If you have something, if you have a phone, it's valued in terms of a dollar. If you do a service, it's valued in terms of a dollar. And if you can't value it in terms of a dollar, it has no value. You don't choose careers unless it has a value in a dollar. So if God has a gift or a talent for you to pursue, many people will never pursue it because it doesn't translate to dollars. This is a time when you have to make the choice, each one of us. And the choice is going to be, are you going to pursue the worship of value in dollars? Or are you going to pursue the worship in something greater? And all of that's going to be a different paradigm shift in which we face. Now, let me just give you some perspectives on what this CBC, CBDC grift is really about. The entire banking system, the entire money system is going to change. Some people know this deep down, this entire system of money printing cannot last. There's a certain point where things are going to change and this is already happening. There's this thing, it's called CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currencies. They're going to be implemented and they're going to basically change the way we live. They're going to be like coupons that you can spend money only up to certain time frames. So the government is going to own everything and you will own nothing and they will have a digital currency where they can track everything. They're also going to control where you can spend this money. You cannot spend it at, let's say, a small business. You have to spend it at the big Walmart corporation. The governments are going to have that level of control. And they're also going to say you can use this money to buy vegetables. You can't use this money to buy meat. That's the level of control governments are going to be implementing. This is coming. You look at the World Economic Forum, the whole you will own nothing and be happy. It's going to be a thing. We're seeing it firsthand. We sure are. And that's part of the world we're currently in. It's nothing new in understanding the magnitude of this deep state if you've paid attention for the last four years. We see that this deep state is, has a global reach, and it's coordinated in its efforts, and it's going after— this is a statute of liberty play. But here's some good news. This thing is out of sync. And this is where I'm going to point out some real weaknesses in their armor. The original plan was to roll out COVID— to tarnish President Trump to such a degree that he would have no chance of even being able to claim that he won the election. That backfired. He was able to rally enough votes, and we were able to vote heavily enough that they had to pull out every stop they had to expose their entire hand, and we all were able to witness how corrupt they really are, that every election in this country is rigged top to bottom. With that, From that point forward, in their arrogance, they have continued to reveal how deep they are. But the problem is that even with the vaccine, the, the COVID death shot, we are talking about a plan that was, was thrown out of sync. They were not going to deliver the COVID death shot until the, right before the election in 2024. They were going to use the three and a half years of Biden leading up to that to go through cycles of lockdown, cycles of fake pandemics, cycles of killing off people, and cycles of wearing people down and breaking every small business. What that would have done is it would have left your big corporate entities, your, your Walmarts, your Kroger's, your, your Costco's, all the ones that are in the pocket anyway of the deep state. And we saw how, how compliant they were immediately following the COVID con, noticing how quickly they pulled out their plexiglass plates within days as if they had somebody locally manufacture them, knowing that it took years to stockpile that stuff and they all had it at the ready. 
That was just one indicator. So we are at a place right now where we went through COVID-Con, we went through the shot, but they have a problem. And whatever their urgency is, they're rolling this situation out. And I don't know if it's because Russia and China have moved more quickly than anticipated, but there is something that has shifted radically. The dollar is sliding and they need to get ahead of it. Japan was screaming bloody murder last week about rolling the CBDC out early, immediately as fast as possible, and they are one of the biggest holders of our debt. So as this rolls out, what you're seeing is there are many, many, many small businesses still operating. And small business has always been the backbone to America. The only thing that you have to ask is, are patriots, are consumers going to vote the right way with their dollars? That's it. Right now, people are still very connected to the Amazon. They're connected to the Walmarts. They're connected to the Costcos. And I guarantee you, when they roll this CBDC out, they will target the welfare and those that are dependent on government subsidy first. And many of those people are not prepared. This country is going to be won by that 30% that didn't take the jab, that's holding tight with God, is going to endure this by a choice and knowing that we're going to have to put our eyes on something greater than just money. And we're going to have to go back to focusing on the Constitution. We are, what we are being dealt with here is a consequence of abiding by a corporate occupier in the form of the Corporation of the United States. They took over power, they slipped in, they've, they have taken over power and people have abide, abided by them. But here's the good news. They never took away our power because God never allowed them to take it. We gave it away. That doesn't mean we gave it away forever. It means we have to pivot back and simply start fighting in defiance. And this is the time for defiance more than ever. Because patriots, when you read through that Declaration of Independence and you get to that second paragraph and you get down to about two-thirds of the way through and it talks about despotism, guess what? We're here. This is the tyranny. And we have the right to throw off tyranny anytime we want. That's our right given to us by being citizens of the United States. Okay, so where where is this going and how are they adjusting this? Because one of the big issues we have right now, they have, is their debt is too big and they don't have liquidity. And if you remember what Coach JV pointed out is that liquidity, liquidity is us. We are the debt slaves. What we produce, what we do, we are the ones that offer that hope. And that's why they are at the same time trying to corral Africa, woo Africa into the CBDC through the central bank. Take a listen to this segment. Okay, so as you look this way at Trump's indictment, here's what's happening in Africa. So instead of focusing and fixing our country, here's what Kamala Harris is doing. So this video was 10 days ago of the Kenya president stating this about the American dollar. Uh, for the people who work numbers, I am giving you free advice that those of you who are holding dollars, you certainly might go into losses. You better... You better uh, do what you must do because uh, this market is going to be different in a couple of weeks. Okay, so that was 10 days ago. This is Kamala Harris. I was one of 60 people watching this briefing on Saturday morning as everybody else is focused on other things in the news. I'm going to play two videos. So this is video number one. This is her briefing. She's in Africa 10 days later from that video of what the Kenya president said. 
and opportunities that we have seen thus far to the benefit of the entire world. To help achieve these goals, I believe in the strength of public-private partnerships. And in fact, this approach that we have taken and the, the, the occasion for this meeting, I probably more accurately would call a private-public partnership trip this time. And one of them is the issue of digital inclusion. So when we think about where we are in terms of 21st century economies, uh, digital services are essential to 21st century economies. Digital technologies facilitate opportunities across society and frankly, I believe, can be great equalizers in terms of giving those who have access equal opportunity and availability to information, to education, to networks in a way that improves and empowers themselves, their families, their community, and all of society benefits. And of course, when we talk about digital access, we are talking about everything from financial inclusion to economic opportunities, all of which obviously drive growth and innovation. Africa's digital economy is large and growing. Within the next two years, for example, the forecast is that one in six of the world's internet users will be right here on this continent. One in six internet users will be in that continent. No wonder they're there. Liquidity. Get everybody in the system. CBDCs are coming. Central bank digital currencies. Every central bank will have a central bank digital currency. There will be a new infrastructure of the financial system. Blockchain technology. Our vice president is in Africa in the largest continent in the world working to get financial inclusion and the private and public sector together to get all the liquidity running back through the system. They need liquidity. People and their hard-earned money are the liquidity. So there you have it. People are the debt slaves. In simple terms, we're the debt slaves. And that's how they continue to make their system run. Now, there's a bit of a problem for them in Africa because Africa's not exactly thrilled about any more Western incursion. Part of this breakup of these normal alliances of power is Saudi Arabia has now accepted to take money in other currencies for petroleum. And it has now joined the Shanghai Corporation as a provisional member. What we're starting to see is a, it's a tectonic shift of power led by the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Brazil and, and China have already come to an agreement to decouple from the dollar, as Saudi Arabia is no longer relying on the dollar as its primary source of valuing oil. It is now decoupling from the dollar. The rate at which the dollar is going to fall is going to stun people. And it's beginning to move now. There's enough garbage in the system to keep it fluffed up for a while, but the shift is going to be profound. And what they're replacing the dollar with in this CBDC Fed now system is a greater debt system, worse than before, because now not only do we, does each person carry a debt, you aren't even allowed to officially own anything. Keep that in mind. This new system which I know there's going to be a ton of Gen Z and ton of millennial. They're going to think, this is wonderful. We're going to cashless. It's horrible. There is no benefit to any of this in the way we're going because you literally not only own nothing, you're given coupons that are valuation and you're told where you can even spend it. Keep that in mind. It's really important because they are going to tell you typically where to spend. Now, why is all that good for us? Because here's the deal. They did not 
kill off enough small business. And now it's going to come down to local communities, local counties, working with local vendors, local retailers, local farmers to start finding a new way to exchange and to purchase. Some of that may be barter. Some of that may be gold and silver. Some of that may be a version of a localized crypto that's backed by something that gives it stability. Some of this may be just using regular dollars. And we're going to talk about it at the very end. But I want you to hear this perspective of the headwinds in which these deep staters who are so arrogant and confident that they're going to control the world. Take a listen to this and Africa's perspective. This is one member in Africa. But take a listen to this perspective on an African perspective of us. Very humbling. A country that has toppled so many governments in Africa, that has led so many coups in Africa and other parts of the world, a country that has killed so many of our leaders in Africa and other parts of the world, the killers of Patrice Rumumba, those who toppled Kwame Nkrumah. These are names of people we've killed in leadership. Those who killed Nasser, those who killed Muammar Gaddafi, today are coming to teach us about democracy. A country that has been built on a brutal force, on enslavement of other human beings, on the humiliation of Africans, the exploitation of Africans, the plunder of Africa, Today is coming to teach us about democracy. If you have no respect for the dignity of others, if you have no respect for the sovereignty of other countries, you cannot claim to be a champion of democracy. Beautifully said. Patriots, that mantle rests with us. It doesn't rest with a government that's an occupying force in a corporate form that's nothing less than a tyranny. So the mentality has to shift. We're not trying to change D.C. We're trying to get rid of the parasite that's sucking us dry. That takes us back to the Declaration of Independence. And it doesn't have to take the form, at this point anyway, of muskets. We have so much fight left by defiance. Understand the motive of what the WEF is most concerned about. The biggest fear that the World Economic Forum has is that there are going to be people that will not comply. Their biggest fear is your fight for freedom. Their biggest fear is that you will make individual decisions for yourself and you will not follow their orders. So this digital stuff is absolutely key because without it, they can't enforce anything. Without it, they can't mandate that you do something. Without it, they can't control your life. So I don't care if you're talking about carbon emissions and what's safe and effective as far as they are concerned. I don't care if they're talking about an experimental injection, a series of injections, whatever they may be, and what's safe and effective as far as they're concerned. This is not about those individual things. This is about the desire to control you from the outside in. And if they have a digital process whereby they can restrict your movement, your behavior, and your decisions, with the click of a button, you are done. You're done. That's their dream. But see, this is the thing, is we still have enormous power and control at a local level. All 
politics ultimately are local and everything is going to center around the county, county by county. So let me just tell you where I'm going with some of this and there's be many more updates on this. The first step is we have to protect the rights of citizens to be able to pay basic bills, be it mortgage, electricity, water, and food, and to be able to purchase food. What the CBDC is trying to do is to force you onto a single currency that they can control and dictate how you can do all of those things. I have a call on Wednesday afternoon with an attorney to draft the beginning of the drafting of her proposal for a county-level measure that I will pursue and I will share openly with anybody as once we get this drafted to mandate that in a county level, no vendor, no government agency, no utility at the county or city level can restrict the way people pay for their bills. They must be able to use, if they choose a federal system, they must be able to use gold and silver, and they must be able to use alternatives such as other cryptos. This is the beginning of a fight that every one of us has to do. And we are going to have to take this up and start carrying the mantle to carry this fight. I have no idea whether we can get this passed in this county. But what I do know is this fight is only just beginning, and this is the first step. We have to start looking at our counties as sovereign areas that we can protect. I also mentioned last night, and it is now we are now moving forward on this, to create a Bards Nation co-op. It's just in the beginning phases. But why a co-op? Because legally in the structure of a co-op, which precedes all of the laws that we're currently working under, we can strike our own currency. We can have our own tender to exchange. So we don't have to rely on them. And we can live in that, in that community. And there are enough people in Bards Nation and there's enough people we can locally recruit to bring them into that pool to where we can survive on the resources we have and not have to rely on them. There's many loopholes here. But there's also many obstacles. This is going to be a bumpy road going ahead. But the only way we are going to fight this is to defy them and outrightly defy them ferociously. They don't have anything unless we give it to them. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling perhaps even a little bit down, don't. It's not time to do that. We're in the middle of the fight. All that just happened is the fight got real and it got very, very real. So I want you to hear this as we close. I read it today in Bended Knee, and this was sent to me by a pastor friend of mine in Portland, Oregon, Pastor Paul Cantrell. And this was a word he received this morning that I think is a great way to close tonight. And it says this, on me alone. I am your Lord, your supply. You must rely on me. Trust me in the absolute limit to the ends of the earth. Trust me and do not be afraid. You must depend on divine power alone. I have not forgotten you. Your help is coming. You shall know and understand my power. Faith, which is tested almost to the breaking point, is endurance. You must wait and trust and hope and rejoice in me. You must not depend on people, but on me. On me, your strength, your help, your supply. This is the great test. Am I your supply or not? Every person I have used to accomplish great works for me has had to endure a time of testing to see whether they truly rely on me to be their supply. Patiently exercise control over your souls and rejoice. You must wait until I show the way. The joy that a soul knows when I come in, when I crown it victory, 
when I crown it victor after enduring the test of waiting is greater than that contained in heaven itself. However, no disciple of mine can be a victor who does not wait to act until I give the order to start. You cannot be anxious if you know that I am your supply. Patriots, this is going to be a fight of a spiritual level, and we will win because of our strength and our love in our Lord Jesus and in our Father God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the the love and the blessings that you continue to pour upon us. We thank you for this amazing time in which we live, in which our faith is tested, but we learn greater love in you. We know that these institutions of men have nothing to do with the glory of kingdom. And we know that we've been given everlasting life. So, Father, we just pray for the hearts to be resolved, to be committed to defying this which is not of heaven, but is of the institutions of men. Let us focus on that which we are, our mission is, to expand and to share the gospel, to bring people to the love of Jesus, and to come together and love thy neighbor. And in so doing, build up this mighty force of those that believe in Christ as a mighty army to lead the many out of the darkness. Guide us, protect us, forgive us for the sins that we have done. Lead us now, Father. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So patriots, wherever you may be, whatever headset you may have on, whatever anxieties you might have, put it all aside. This fight's just beginning. This is when you got to get excited. The enemy's shown its hand. We're beginning to find a way through. Don't be overwhelmed by what you hear. They want you there. Lean into Father God. He'll take on the burdens. Ask Jesus to lead you and heal you. He'll be there. But above all, keep your eyes on the ball. Our enemy is now exposing everything. They're throwing everything on the table because it's their last-ditch effort, and that shows desperation, believe it or not. And through desperation, we will find the holes and chinks in their armor to tear them apart, bring them down, and ultimately subdue them under the mightiness of our Father. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Never give in to this fight. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. And out for now. We shall pay any price bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. 
Therefore, they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.